I thought this was quite a widely known quote. Apparently it's not. Okay. I feel like you're going to know it as well. But I've said this to so many people and they've never heard it before. Yeah. You could be the ripest peach in the world and there's always someone who doesn't like peaches. Hello and welcome to The Journal with me, your host, Lucy Spicer. The Journal is your go-to podcast for deep and empowering conversations that also gives you the practical tools, knowledge and motivation to transform your own life. Join me as my guests share with you the defining moments that turn their times of darkness into opportunities for growth. At the end of each episode, I'll be showing you how to find the lesson in someone else's story by giving you guided journaling prompts to help you change your own life. So for now, join me for our next guest entry into The Journal. Content creator Jess Shepard, also known as your internet bestie, is adored by her 200,000 online followers for her styling tips and a daily dose of relatable, feel-good lifestyle content. She is the founder of the Good Vibes Club podcast, the home of a normal girl's guide to living your best life. Jess has hosted multiple sell-out Good Vibes events where she brings like-minded women together to have fun and most importantly, to make new friends along the way. Friendships are a hot topic in my client sessions, as well as conversations in my personal life. It seems that as we get older, we experience not only the pain of losing friends, but also more difficulty in making new friends and finding people that we click with. As you know, Jess, I was so excited to get you onto my podcast after listening to your episodes on your own podcast, where you speak about your experiences of navigating friendships and the changes you made. And I know there are going to be so many of my listeners that will resonate with your story. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the pod. Hello. Hi. Um, so as you know, super excited to have you on to talk about friendship. Mm-hmm. I have known a bit about your story after our first coffee together in Wokingham. But as I always do in my podcast, let's take you back to before you made these changes with your friendships. So how were your friendships before you realised you needed to make a change? Okay, so backstory. Yes. I now have quite a good pool of friends I have like a good solid core group who aren't necessarily one big group we've got kind of people that flit in and out there's people that I have in little groups etc but until kind of the beginning of I want to say like the beginning of 2022 so maybe like nearly two years now god how's it been nearly two years but um, nearly two years that I just kind of sat down and I was like I've got a few friends here and there but I just had like Not that they weren't quality friends, but I just wanted a few more friends that maybe were better for different things in life. So like I had my core group, but maybe people who weren't necessarily into like manifestation the way I'm into that or friends who I could do different things with because the like three or four friends that I had maybe weren't always available or whatever. So I just wanted like a couple more good quality girlfriends in my life. Yeah. So beginning of 2022, it was limited friends. I had quite a big friendship breakup. So there was that. And I kind of not necessarily had a whole, but I just reevaluated like what I wanted from friendships and who was in my life and who was quality in my life and who I maybe had space for, if that made sense. So like I realized that actually I don't need to just have three friends, like I can have more and I can have people with different interests, etc. and just branch out to new people and like where I had lost friendships and they dropped off, I noticed spaces where I could maybe make a friend that served me in a different way or like friendships that fit a like not that they weren't good friends but where we'd maybe change direction in our lives I had space to maybe fill that friendship gap with someone who fit the path of my life now yes does that make sense yeah it sounds (laughs) 
The word that came to mind is probably going to sound really crude, but it was almost like a friendship audit. <laughs> yeah. Putting my science hat Not on. that I necessarily was like, we need to not be friends for me to make new friends. But I yeah. think it's just when you go through a big thing, like even if you go through like a breakup in a relationship, yeah. I think you kind of reassess the people in your life. Yeah. So like when I've broken up in relationships before, you think, okay, well, obviously slightly different, but kind of the same you think, okay, well, that's what I had in that partner. What didn't I like? What did I like? What would I value in a partner in the next time? And you kind of do that with friends when you break up with someone, I think. Yeah. Or when you fall apart or drift apart or whatever. Yeah, and I think with with friendships and romantic relationships, there are definitely parallels that maybe aren't spoken about Mm -hmm. as much in that you're really investing in that one person. You're spending maybe a lot of time with them, sharing a lot with them as well. Yeah. And with friendships I feel like there can maybe be a pressure to always bring those friendships throughout your whole life and through all the chapters whereas in romantic relationships if it's not working for us typically we will break up yeah like you said maybe think about that relationship in terms of what you've learned from it what you maybe need that's different now and then date again to find that person it feels like with friendships there's almost less of an allowance to do that and that these friends must stay with you forever but it sounds like before you got to that point you went through some friendship breakups yeah I had like one significant I think everyone has like friendships that come and go I think it's only considered as like a breakup if it's like a big one you know so we've all had friends who were maybe friends with at uni and then we just drift because we've gone back home or you've moved away from each other or like there's always friends that kind of flit in and out but I think when you've got like your significant like core friends then it's much harder to take when it falls apart. The same as with a breakup, like it's a long-term friend. Like you've been friends with that person for maybe five years, 10 years, like even a couple of months sometimes, but they could be a really significant person. And I think we just don't really think about them in the same way. Like we've talked about it before where you sometimes lose a friendship and it's actually as hard to mourn sometimes, I think, if not harder, because you literally tell them everything. They're the ones who know about the arguments with your boyfriend. They know about like every, every single part of your life. Like chances are they're probably someone that you've done a lot of things with as well, because like I wouldn't take my boyfriend to a gig necessarily, but I'd go with my friends or little things like that. And you've got lots more memories. Yes. And they're someone that you go to all the time. Yeah. And then that's suddenly gone. And it Mm -hmm. it is a grieving process in the same way that you would mourn that romantic relationship as that person is no longer present in your life. And Mm -hmm. that can feel really hard, especially if you've shared really significant moments with them and growing up with them and kind of thought that friendship would be around. And Mm -hmm. now it's not. How did you handle that? Like what were there any tools or any like coping strategies that you used when you were going through that process? So I have quite a positive like cup half full mentality with life, which I never used to have. It's quite a new thing in the last few years where I just I try really hard to be positive. And I think I've just like changed my mindset to being quite positive. So when it comes to a friendship breakup, the big one specifically, I think I just looked at it as like, okay, well, we've got all these really great memories. And initially, don't get me wrong, I was so angry. I was so upset. Like, I didn't want anything to do with them, anything that reminded me of them I was annoyed about. But now I can kind of look back and think, oh, actually, those were still really great memories. We just don't talk anymore. And I look at it and think, okay, well, why aren't we compatible friends? Because it's not that we had a massive breakup and we had this huge blowing argument like on reality TV shows. Like, we just 
drifted apart because we're different from we were when we were younger and even like we've said before like a year of your life you can become such a different person so you have to kind of look back and think okay well why weren't we compatible friends what is it about that friendship that maybe didn't serve me or you have to kind of look at it with kindness not with anger yeah don't do like Oasis said and look back in anger (laughs) (laughs) but it is it's like you've got to look back at it and think what was it that was good about that friendship? What was it that I maybe wouldn't look for in a friend again? But what did I really value? And you've got to kind of look back in a positive way, not a negative way. Yeah, and I think it's a strong expectation that Mm -hmm. we would put on ourselves that a relationship had to last forever. Mm -hmm. Similar, again, when you're dating, that that person might be the right person at a particular time but then you're you grow and you maybe mm-hmm. grow apart and you need someone different you know you, you've changed over that time and I think when two individuals come together you're coming together with your own history your own conditioning your own beliefs your own values your own thought process it's, and that is likely to shift and change on time and, and sometimes that's going to be compatible with that person and sometimes it's not and I was doing lots of research around this I spot a lot of my clients with friendships and I read somewhere that they said that you, you know maybe some friends are just meant to be there for certain chapters yeah not every chapter like a uni chapter it's like the saying that we always put into relationships of like reason season lifetime because I think you've got your lifetime friends which are obviously your friends that are there your lifetime although I feel like it's a bit of a gray area how long a lifetime constitutes because I would say if someone's been in your life for like a considerable say for example now we become really good friends which we really are not gonna lie we've made like twice (laughs) but like if you're friends now, but then you're still friends when you're 70, that's like a lifetime friend. Or if someone's seen you the whole way through your schooling, like, is that technically a lifetime friend? You've known each other your whole life this far. Like, it's a grey area, but a long, long, long term friend. Yeah. Then you've got like your seasoned friends who are there maybe when you're through university or, you know, maybe you're in your party girl era and you want a friend who's just there to help you through the nights out. You don't maybe hang out. You don't maybe go for dinner together, but you're always there for a good time. <laughs> then you've got like your reason friends where it's like you are maybe pregnant at the same time and you need to help each other through pregnancy or through having new babies or maybe it's like a work friend again like a seasoned friend and it's just all these different friends who are there for different parts of your life or different times of your life which also helps I think when you have the breakup and you're like okay they were a seasoned friend or a reason friend or a lifetime friend like you can kind of categorize not that everyone necessarily fits into one but you can kind of say like oh that friend was there for that or that or yeah. Does that make sense? It like a uni so friend sense. doesn't need to be a lifetime friend. It's okay if they are just a uni friend and then you don't speak afterwards or you drift apart. Yes, rather than kind of, as I said before, like pulling all these mm-hmm. friendships or, you know, trying to make every every friendship a uh, lifetime. Yeah. A lifetime friend. How does that feel for you when you can use kind of like those sort of conceptualizations? I think it makes it easier to accept friendships as they are. Nice. Do you know what I mean? Because if we're changing like we've said already in this episode, like if you're changing to a different person and we're not the same people we were a year ago, those friends around us also aren't the same people. So if you're growing up together, you maybe have been, say for example, friends since you were in school because some people are friends from them at two years old, which blows my mind. (laughs) But when you've been friends a really long time, you're both growing and changing and you're both on different life paths. Like one of you might get a mortgage sooner or a baby sooner or marriage or, you know, all these different things in life. Or maybe one of you has a really, really tough time while the other one's thriving in their career. You're on these different trajectories and everyone's changing at different times. So you're never going to stay 
I mean, you can stay. Definitely people can be on the same, but like you're never going to consistently grow together. Yes. So there will be times where like one of you flakes off and then maybe you come back or maybe you just drift because you're completely different people now than you were. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. Do you think there's do you think there's space for friendships to drift and then to reconnect? 100%. Like I've got friends I've been friends with for so long to the point where they're basically siblings and we've definitely had times that we haven't spoken or like we've spoken but not in the same way for months like we've maybe had a month where we haven't spoken or maybe we've had an argument and then we've had time to call off I don't think I feel like if you're going to be friends for that long like you're going to get sick of each other at some point and need a bit of a time out especially if you're like always together sure or like a friend that you see all the time or there's just, there's just always like ebbs and flows I think how do you mend that so how do you come back to together is that like one person reaching out or kind of yeah how have you navigated that rather than just letting it drift 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 drift, drift which of course is still going to happen with friendships how have you managed that coming back together especially if there's been some hurt around that that space that break I feel like each one's different right like each friendship is so different which I think is so important to mention like you can't put everyone under the same like umbrella of friend because everyone's a different friend but I think it always takes one person having good communication well you you have to both kind of have good communication but I think if you are listening and maybe you want to repair a friendship that's drifted one of you has to be the one to start that conversation back up yeah. as hard as it is yeah. and as much as rejection might happen yeah. and they might say actually I don't want to be a friend anymore one of you has to make the effort to start that conversation back up otherwise how are you ever going to have a conversation again we are not we are not no like if you're if you've drifted from someone and say it's maybe been I don't know example maybe you've not spoken in like six months or you know you used to be really close and talk all the time and then you have slowly got less and less checking in on each other less and less hanging out and now you maybe haven't seen them for like a month or two how do you reconnect if neither of you make a move like you can't sit around and wait for that person because they might be doing the exact same thing and then you just never speak again (laughs) like one of you has to coming out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and if that friendship is important to you which is a really important question to ask like you know is this a friendship that I really value Mm -hmm. do I want to repair that friendship and then coming back together as you would do in a relationship with your partner so yeah you with James or me with Tom if there's if there's a feud (laughs) or feud what a word uh, (laughs) I love that word going into Victorian English but if there's if there's an argument you would seek to repair that yeah but with friendships I sometimes think that it's not the same you Mm -hmm. there's there's more of a risk perhaps with confrontation and certainly in working with my clients and helping them to communicate in friendships that can almost feel more threatening to yeah. try and repair a friendship or to communicate maybe something that upset you or you know what your needs are that they're maybe not meeting that can feel more vulnerable than it would in a romantic relationship but you think so in like a romantic relationship if something's annoying you like they they have a really annoying habit you'd tell them and you'd have the conversation but in friends I feel like we don't do that as much like the communication is good but I feel like we're less likely to say to a friend like oh you've got this really annoying habit at the moment where you're not checking in like I've become in the last I want to say maybe like even in the last year I've got really good at like opening the conversation because I'm like if we don't have it we're never going to talk about it then we're not going to be friends or we're going to have a massive blowout because if you're not saying look I feel like maybe we're not seeing each other as much anymore like can we hang out because I feel like we need to hang out a bit more or maybe it's that you feel like you're not 
talking as much. I'm trying to think of good examples, but maybe it's that you've drifted a drifted apart to the point where you are like I feel like I don't like if I'm asking you how you are I feel like you're not telling me how you are and we can't really have a conversation if you're not communicating you maybe need to say to that person like this actually did happen to me recently where I felt like I just didn't really know about my friend's life because I'd be like how are you doing and they wouldn't give me anything back and I was like how am I meant to know what's going on in your life if I don't know anything about you like we're meant to be friends and I know nothing about you yeah and I had to kind of say that Obviously, then you're kind of like, this could cause an argument. I don't really know what's going to happen here. But if I didn't say it, she wouldn't be like, oh, I didn't even realise I was doing that. I'm so sorry. And then start opening up more. Because if you don't say it, how are you going to change it? Exactly. That was a very long-winded way of saying that. that. (laughs) It's really important that it is so vital to communicate Mm -hmm. in friendships in a way that you would in romantic relationships. So that both of your needs are being met and what you might need from a friendship might be really different from what that friend of yours needs so for example in 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 my friendships I've had to have conversations in real like openness with with friends that as much as I would love to I can't be that 24 7 available friend I will be there a hundred percent if there's a crisis I love meeting up and I'll be a great friend in person and want to hear all about you but if I'm working with clients every single day and they have access to me on an app like whatsapp called voxer and they're sharing with me their difficulties I'm supporting them I can't then turn off my turn that off at six o'clock at night and then open up Mm-hmm. to friends and start really supporting them and be on my phone all night it, it, it just wouldn't work I just know my boundaries and I think it's really important to manage those expectations mm-hmm. in friends so that friends aren't maybe expecting something from you or you know feeling let down from you but it also gives them a choice because if I can't provide that maybe then I'm not the right friend for them and that's in like a really loving way yeah is that we will need different things from friendships and I think as I said there's this pressure that you just have to like make it work make it work make it work make it work and communicating that and Mm -hmm. seeing if you can give to the friendship what the other person needs is really important because that's what's going to keep the friendship going and not create resentment and you know difficulties within the friendship yeah it's like we've talked about and we both love talking about like love languages so love languages in a relationship are one thing but then you also need to know someone's like friendship love language like do they need you to check in a million times a day because that's the kind of friend they need or maybe they need like gifts or they really need a lot of quality time but you can't give them that you can only give them like phone calls like you need to kind of work out what that friend needs from you yes and what you need from them because it won't always be the same thing and I know love language is very like pop psychology Mm -hmm. but I think it is a really helpful framework to understand the differences with how we show love and also how we receive love Mm -hmm. what are your love languages Jess so I can't remember what I got when I did the little quizzy things online. Yeah. But I know that I really like, I love giving gifts. I hate getting gifts. Yes. And I love like quality time. And okay, I kind of have three in one here. <laughs> but I love having friends who like if say, for example, something really big happens for me, like I've launched something really big or, you know, maybe I've just done like the longest run I've ever done. And I'm so into running and I'm so passionate and proud of myself. I like having friends who can acknowledge that and be like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you, too. Like you've done really well or like you know if you have a like say for example with your events or like a launch you want people who can say I'm so proud of you hope it goes well today and it's just like the acknowledgement of like knowing that that's important to me is like a really big thing or I just like giving people gifts 
Like I'm a, if I see something and I'm like, I know Lucy really likes, I don't know if you actually do. Um, actually, I know she doesn't like Taylor Swift. <laughs> but like, I know you like Drake. So maybe if I saw something about Drake or like, you know, I could, this, this is a really bad example, but Starbucks. If I know that you really like a pumpkin spice latte, maybe we meet up and I bring you a pumpkin spice latte because I know that you really like it. And that's like a little gift. Yeah. So it's not necessarily sharing you like bloody Tiffany bracelets, but like just Thank knowing, <laughs> definitely can't be doing that. <laughs> but like just knowing what you like like I on birthdays I'm a big gift giver and I'm so into gifts like I love giving gifts but I also make them really thoughtful yes so I just like I know that say for example someone really likes Taylor Swift I'll go out of my way to like find really cute little ways to give them a present or like I'll really pay attention to what they like to give them a really good thoughtful gift do you have friends though or maybe even James whose love language is receiving gifts because what's important is that the way that you give love to someone might not be the way that they receive it right so <laughs> have you got that have you got that yeah. compatibility ah fantastic see I have a friend who her love language is getting gifts fantastic. mine is giving gifts yeah. which I'm not going to lie that's very one way when you think about yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. but like I don't get me wrong if someone's going to give me a present I'm not going to say no but to me I'd rather you spent quality time with me so say for example a birthday I'd rather have a friend who would turn up to maybe I'm holding a party or we're doing something like an event for my birthday I'd rather that person was at that event and was giving me their time I'd rather you turned up than you gave me a present yeah whereas other people maybe are like I would rather have a present than you do a big event for my birthday yeah and with the love languages, I'm just thinking for the sake of the listener who's like, what? Yeah, let's go through them. I'm just going to really briefly go through them. So you have uh, gift giving. Mm-hmm. You give gifts. You have words of affirmation. So compliments, which can feel really important. Mm-hmm. Quality time is another love language. Acts of service. That's mine. So Jess, all you need to do is unpack the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite simple. Um, and then you have physical touch mm-hmm. within, with friendships that might be you know hugs and stuff but obviously would be different in romantic relationships and you want to find out how you give it mm-hmm. but also how you receive it and I think that can be a really important piece not only in your romantic relationships but certainly in friendships because yeah. as I said you know the way that you might be thinking that you're showing love so me unpacking a dishwasher for for Jess or my partner it's not going to resonate <laughs> I mean <laughs> if you want to unpack my dishwasher feel free <laughs> but it's, a, it's just a nice it's a nice way of doing it I think I think and doing that quiz and a, mm-hmm. and a conversation point to actually maybe ask the questions that we don't ask like how do you receive love how do you know I love yeah you? you know how do you know I'm valuing you what's important to and you? if you want to know just maybe send them the quiz and be like oh my god I've just heard about this love language is saying like what are yours because that's not then saying like by the way how do I love you better it's just kind of being like this is a fun thing to do why don't you try it out and see what you get because we actually did that so me and a couple of my friends did it and we it, I, we'd heard about it somewhere and we did the quiz and we were sending it to each other and that's kind of how I know their love language is because yeah. we were sending it but obviously we did it more from like a relationship point of view but then actually it really resonated in friendships yeah I mean there's so many different parallels Mm -hmm. isn't there between the romantic relationships and the friendships and that's exactly another one is actually thinking well how am I showing love and how am I giving love yeah do you think you've changed as a friend Jess over time oh my god yeah I think everyone does how how do you think you've changed as a friend I think now I would say the way that I show up in a friendship has changed so where before I maybe used to be really bad at checking in like really bad because I'd get so focused on work or uni or whatever it was I think 
I used to be quite bad at checking in and like making plans with people because I just get so carried away with work and stuff that you just forget to check in with people or forget to hang out. Whereas now I put such a priority on making sure I've got dates in the calendar with all my friends, like making sure that I talk to them all the time and like check in every now and then and just really showing up for people. And I think the one thing that would be really important to note is like if you're expecting to get friends you have to also be a friend like what you don't have to show up in the same way obviously we spoke about love languages and stuff but I think it's important to put in the same amount of effort even if it is in different ways because if you've got a friend who's maybe giving you nothing but you're giving them like a hundred percent of your energy that's never going to work in a friendship like you need to be kind of giving equal and granted like not every friendship is going to give you the same amount of effort all the time because people just can't like they could be going through a hard time or maybe they're really busy or something but you need to know that there's that equal friendship, if that makes sense. Like you need to both be giving something to that friendship rather than just kind of you're giving and they're taking and then there's not really any in between. Yeah. And I think <laughs> to add to that as well, you know, you as you said, you might be at different stages of life or just have different mm-hmm. pressures on you at that point and there's only so much you can give. But again, we add that layer of communication of actually, you know, I'm going through this at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Like I really can only give you this. And then the expectations there. I think the problem happens when that resentment builds and you don't really know why that friend is maybe pulling back or not giving you as much. And I think it's only going to nurture the friendship further Mm -hmm. when there's a shared understanding of what you can give and take. And that's going to look so different at different parts of life, even on like a weekly Mm -hmm. basis of what you can manage and what you can not. But again, we come back to your meeting that expectation. Yeah which is so important, but I love that. So you have to be a friend. You have to be a friend to have a friend. Really nice, really nice. When you, <laughs> when you... Love that. Love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you, when you went through that moment of realisation in 2022, which genuinely feels like last month. Um, How is that nearly? Yeah. Although I did actually think it was 2024 the other day. <laughs> did you? Well, I went my age wrong at an appointment this week. I put 31, looked at it and I was like, no, I'm not. Scribbled it out. <laughs> Added 32. There's this real, there's I, there's in certain countries that I've heard floating around. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I will come right back where they're claiming like the years that we lost through the pandemic and through COVID. Oh, it's got a term. Yes, that's your actual age. It's called the like lockdown loss or something. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. There's like, I've seen it on other yeah. podcasts on TikTok and it's like, whatever age you entered lockdown so like I was I think 27 I can't remember but when we went into lockdown but then you leave two years later and you're like well I've lost the last couple of years in my 20s which is very unfair (laughs) so I feel like I need those back (laughs) so that's why I find out um 2022 Jess when you had Mm -hmm. that kind of moment of realization or self-reflection that things need to change within your friendships How did you go about meeting new friends? Because I know, especially from working with my clients, that can be a real source of anxiety is actually putting yourself out there and meeting new people. So how did you even start that process? Um, I think, to be fair, I think also firstly, friendship audits are so normal. I think when we hit that kind of like late 20s, early 30s, especially, I feel like we have that period of time where we do end up just being like, do these people align with me? Is this job right for me, etc. Which is what we're going to talk about on mine in a minute, actually. But I think that's quite a normal thing to have. And also making new friends at this time of life is so normal as well. Like you would be surprised, I think, at the amount of other people going through the same. Like I bet if everyone listening asked their friends, like, do you want to make new friends? Like, are you, what what kind of thing are you thinking? Most women want to make new friends, but no one knows how to do it. Mm. And I think it's so dependent on your situation to how you can go about it. Like, I think that 
I'm in quite a lucky position where obviously my job is online. I do social media. I do like influencer stuff. So there's a bazillion other women who also do the same thing. So it's kind of easy to be like, do you want to go out and shoot? Do you want to grab a coffee? Like you can kind of tie it into work. And then some friendships last, some don't. Some people you see once, some people you see regularly. But I think it's kind of knowing what's there and using it so like if you're someone who really enjoys running maybe join a run club and or park runs they're free you literally don't have to pay anything for them but you turn up on a Saturday morning maybe start chatting to someone and just see what happens and then there's also things like if you're a new mum you could go to you know baby groups start chatting to the woman next to you and you've just got to be open to speaking to new people yeah and I think if you're open to making friends then you will but I think if you don't change things that you're doing like if you never go out and you never see anyone or do anything or you just hang out with your boyfriend and your two friends that you're always with how are you making new friends if you're not putting yourself in the space to make a friend yes it is absolutely about throwing yourself Mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone but I think it's a really good place to start and it's what I often do with my clients is thinking well what friend is what friend is missing what's missing from your friendship group what connection are you kind of seeking and where is that friend then likely to be so for example for a client that maybe wants more in-depth conversations yeah. uh, she enjoys reading a book club yeah lovely. or as you said a friend that's in uh, a client that's into fitness absolutely a running club because you're at least- have i roped lucy into <laughs> yeah. going on park runs yes i have because <laughs> um, at least you're then anchoring that friendship yeah in shared interest so that's going to be a good place to start and it and it at least gives you conversation as well so you're not going kind of in with yeah I think you can talk about that that thing that you're doing but it does require that that level of confidence to be able to do that because it is unknown and if we think of what generates anxiety it's a lack of predictability Mm -hmm. it's a lack of control it's the unknown and our mind loves to create stories about how that's going to go and how awkward it's going to be and how I'm not going to meet anyone or they're never going to text me back and it's like okay well we can listen to that we could listen to the worry that's trying to protect us and keep us in our comfort zone or we could choose to actually think of a more empowered belief of like, yeah what well, if it goes better than i expected you know what if i can meet a really great new person here that i can connect with and the only way you're going to be able to do that is to get uncomfortable to put yourself out there absolutely it was just like me messaging you you mm-hmm. know there's still the anxiety of, of reaching out to someone and not knowing how they respond yeah. and it was amazing that you replied straight away and we went for a coffee together <laughs> and literally within an instant I was like uh yeah this is gonna work <laughs> spent two hours talking about nothing that we were supposed to talk about and everything else <laughs> and it's, it's great to have that click but I yeah. think it's also important not to put a pressure on similar if you were dating that you're going to get that click every time it is kind of about putting yourself out there and seeing what's out there and mm-hmm. and making sure that it's aligned with you and that might take like a couple of meetups. I have the best quote ever. Go on. Oh my God. So I thought this was quite a widely known quote. Apparently it's not. Okay. I feel like you're going to know it as well. But I've said this to so many people and they've never heard it before. Yeah. You could be the ripest peach in the world and there's always someone who doesn't like peaches. Never heard it. Love it. Have you never? Why do I know this? (laughs) The amount of people I've said it to and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I feel like it's really widely known. Yeah. But it's true because it's like you could be this amazing person and you are completely you and you're perfect as you are. But you could walk into a room of 10 people, six of those people could not like you and four could really like you. You don't need to change anything. Like one thing that I, someone meant like expanded on it further with me and said like, you could have a peach that's so sweet and juicy and like really good and like perfect color. And someone will sit and go, oh my God, this is such a good peach. Like this is the best peach I've ever had in my life. But then the next person could sit and go, oh my God, that's so sweet. I hate it. I don't like things that are sweet. 
Like we all have different likes and dislikes and interests, just like we all like different peaches. Yeah. Or you might not like a peach. Never know. <laughs> yeah. And I think to get to that place, it's really important to have worked on yourself yeah. and worked your confidence so that you're not, you know, I, I, rejection hurts. We don't like it as human beings. Yeah. We like to be accepted and we like to feel liked by everyone. But it's a really important part of life is is sitting with that piece that actually mm-hmm. you're not going to be for everyone and rather than shaping yourself and I talk a lot about this in my second episode with Valentina rather than shaping yourself to external factors or how you mm-hmm. think people think you should be is owning who you are yeah and then and then finding the friends even if that's going to have some rejection along the way find the friends that like you for that and I think as well like I did a whole episode on this recently because I'm very big on my this topic at the moment, like the whole peach conversation. But you don't like everyone either. So like you can't expect everyone to like you when you don't like everyone else. Yeah. Like everyone's different. You don't like every TV show on Netflix, but you like a few of them. Yeah. Same as every TV show on Netflix. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I'm no, going no, off on a whole tangent on Netflix not. here. but it's a really, really important message. Yeah. It's a really important message that just owning that mm-hmm. and actually you're not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. And, you know, I like myself enough and work doing that that work, whether it's through like one-to-one sessions with a therapist or a coach, you know, to get to that place of like, I like myself mm-hmm. enough that I'm at peace with that. Yeah. And that's going to give you the confidence to to move forwards. As when we're speaking about meeting new friends, it was really interesting when I, why I reached out to Jess as well is we had the commonality that we both do events. Yes. And my events were very much led from this space where clients were doing the work with me and doing that inner work and healing. And they were like, oh, now these people around me, you know, aren't really aligned with with who I mm-hmm. am now in this process of self-discovery. Like, where do I find these people? And I was like, hold tight. When the <laughs> it's time coming. Is right, it's coming. And I've had two beautiful events. We've had one on a, on a boat floating down the Thames. Well, actually it was anchored, but on the Thames. <laughs> and it was a beautiful, like, dinner party setting. And I had another one, a brunch uh, in a restaurant in central London. And we were doing, you know, activities, meditation and journaling and all these things together. But there was space for them to be able to to speak with each other and it was exactly that to be able to meet new people who were interested in doing the work yeah and that was such a rewarding experience to actually have stepped back especially on the boat and to have watched this room lit up with these people who had come alone as well which I was so proud of them for and takes a whole nother level of confidence chatting and getting on and I wonder have oh, you it's had so nice, it's so nice. <laughs> have you had that same experience with your events and kind of yeah what was your motivation to even doing that Jess so with the events I basically have for years since before I you know made all these new friends and stuff I have seen online all these especially now we've got TikTok because we all know TikTok is the place of like do this with your friends here's a friend's idea girls date idea like all these things and I had always seen things like pottery painting or you know a Pilates class that I maybe wanted to try but didn't want to go on my own and I've never really had the friends to do it with because maybe they weren't into the same thing or they just weren't really down for that so I just wanted to do similarly to yours where yours are kind of more you're bringing people together and they're all working on themselves and they want new friends who are on that new life path and similar interests I just thought I wanted to do events where it's kind of 
doing things you've always wanted to do but you've never had the friends to do it with so maybe you've always wanted to try pottery painting or you've always wanted to try pilates or wreath making or whatever it might be but you've never had friends that want to come with you to those things and just bringing people together to put them in a space where they can talk and make friends because they just haven't put themselves in that situation before or you know you've seen these things online and you maybe thought oh god I really want to do a pottery class but you're scared to go into some situation where you're maybe doing that but you don't know if everyone else is turning up in a group of four or six and maybe there's going to be you and one other person and you can't really get in on the conversation like I just wanted to make events where I normally tell people it's better to come on your own because I think if you come alone then you make friends easier which we'll get into in a second but it's just coming in like either pairs or solo to just be in a room where everyone else is in the same situation. Like we go to our events on our own, yeah. the same as all these other women are. And it's kind of everyone putting themselves in that little yeah. like boat to be like, ah, I don't know anyone either. Yeah. And then you just make friends. Yeah. And I think going alone is also better, which is what I wanted to lead. Sorry, I'm fully taken over. But um, <laughs> just... I think it's like with going to a gym class or something. I don't know about you, but if I go into a situation and I'm on my own, way more likely to talk to people than if I go with a friend and then we maybe just like pigeonhole ourselves in a corner and we just like have our own private conversation about something and people feel like they can't join in or whatever. Like if you're on your own, you can't not make conversation with other people. Like you just you just do. Yeah. And I think like we said, you know, having having an activity, whether it's my activity mm-hmm. and, and the journaling tasks or your activities and the pottery making, that scaffolds it. it. Yeah. It creates an anchor where you're able to talk about doing that thing or to immerse yourself in that yeah. maybe, you know, conversations dried up or you don't really know what to say. And that can feel a lot more comforting <laughs> than just turning up in a room, yeah. you know, like I used to in conferences or starting with new teams and you're like, where am I gonna start? what small talk you just stand in the corner like I I can actually see myself in one particular I was at like the Royal College of Psychiatrists I think in in Regent's Park and I can actually see myself I can see exactly what I was wearing and it's a much I'm talking 10 years ago and being like oh my gosh where do I start and you just have to yeah you know you just have to take that step but to have an activity I think is so basically come to our events yeah uh, because we'll help you with that (laughs) might be a joint one never know The journal prompts from today's episode are all around friendships and really getting you to, like Jess did, kind of audit your friendships and think about the friendships that are serving you, but also where there's space potentially to make new friends. So to start off with, first journal prompt is, what resonated with you from this episode? What did it make you think about your own friendships? What's important to you in a friendship? And do you have these friendships currently in your life? Have you had friendships end? If so, how did that make you feel when it happened? And what have you learned from that experience? Have you thought about making new friends? What type of friend would it be important for you to find? What is something you could do to try and make a new friend? This will probably require you to get you out of your comfort zone. And is there something you could do that you aren't already doing to nurture the important friendships that you already have in your life? As always, the journal prompts will be linked in the show notes below and you can also download them on my website, lucyspicer.com. Jess, if there was a listener now thinking like, yeah, this is really resonating hard, this this episode. I feel that maybe like my friendships 
aren't aligned or I want to new, meet new people, like what would be your one piece of advice that you give to them? The one bit of motivation. You've just got to put yourself out there. There's literally nothing else to it. Like if you're not, if nothing changes, then nothing is going to change. Age old saying. But if you're wanting to make new friends, you need to put yourself out there. If you maybe feel like your friendships don't align, you need to put yourself in situations with people that align. Like there's literally nothing else to it apart from just putting yourself out there and going for it, which is very scary, but it's worth it. I promise. (laughs) There's your message. Get out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Let me know if this conversation resonated with you. And also I'll leave, of course, Jess's details below. But I think I was so passionate about doing this Mm -hmm. because I think it is a topic that's really not spoken about as much as it should be. And just to normalize this, you know, that this is a part of life and it it can be a painful part of life losing friends but it's also creating space for new people to enter in that really fill up your cup so thank you so much Jess for for coming on I just wanted to say thank you so much for the love that I've received so far on the podcast I've been listened to in over 67 countries had 3,000 listeners all five-star reviews and there's nothing that lights me up more than you sending me your feedback or sharing stories of you listening to the podcast. So I'm so pleased that you guys are taking so much from this and it's really resonating with you and you're loving my guests and their story. So I just wanted to say everything goes noticed and it really means the world to me to hear your feedback. You've been listening to The Journal with me, Lucy Spicer. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that you feel uplifted and inspired to create change in your own life. Please take a second to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone who you think needs to hear this story. To find today's guest and to download the journal prompts, visit the links in the show notes. And to learn more about the Lucy Spicer practice and how to work with me and my team, go to lucyspicer.com. For advice and a daily dose of motivation, find me over on Instagram at lucyspicer underscore. Thank you so much for listening and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.